Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. You can also listen to episodes on our church YouTube channel. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. Thanks for tuning in. And today I'm joined by Doug Holvey. Doug, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Grayson. It's great to have you. And Doug's here to share his testimony today. But before I get started, just a lighthearted question we usually like to ask people is, uh, what's your favorite ice cream? Mint chocolate chip. That seems like a favorite of a lot of people that we ask. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm just plain vanilla, <laughs> as Margaret likes to point out, just plain. Doug, just start out telling us about where you're from and about how you grew up. Well, I'm from here in Harrisonburg. I spent all my 66 years here except for one year back in the 90s when we transferred to Pennsylvania with work. I came back after a year, so everything has been right here in Shenandoah Valley. So what is it like um, growing up in the Shenandoah Valley, growing up in this area, um, and what are some memories that stick out to you? Well, having a twin brother is its own experience, and people see me and call me Don and see Don and call him Doug. and uh, So that, that was always a lot of fun. It's kind of like being two people in one. And I still get that today. He was active. He's a lot more probably social uh, contacts and stuff than I am. And I'll be at Walmart, and somebody will come up behind me and, look at me funny and usually I'll you know I'll just play along you know and then maybe say something like you probably think I'm somebody I'm not and they give me a real funny look and I say I'm not Don and they go what you know so a lot of people still don't know that we're twins you know we had a neighbor growing up that uh, they didn't know we were twins he would see one of us at a time and he would say something, and the next day he would say something again, and they, we'd look like we didn't know what he was talking about, and we didn't because we were different right. people. But, uh, yeah, we played. We even switched in first grade. Our, huh. My teacher switched us in different class, and you know, we got to play that game. But uh, yeah, that's, other than that, that's you know, we just had simple lives. Yes, I was thinking. I wondered if y'all ever did a switch or played tricks on people, like to see if they. Yeah, not you know, we never did much on our own. When we both got married the first time, we sound a lot like on the phone. Uh-huh. So if you don't see us, it's very easy to get confused. So we played that game a couple of times, so you have to be careful what you say. Right. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. I'm sure there's probably people sometimes who come up to you, well, you don't recognize me? And you are and you have to say, I'm not Don, I'm Doug. Uh, yeah, I'd usually, you know, if, at, at the beginning, I would just play along and just pretend like I was. And then, you know, when the, we'd leave or whatever, call Don and say, hey, and try to describe the person right. say, you know who that was? And sometimes he'd know who it was, sometimes right. he wouldn't. But then I started saying, you know, I probably ought to just tell him. Right. So did you all uh, grow up going to church? Nope, we did not. Dad was a truck driver, and, and he had a bad experience at, early on with the church, and so he really didn't have much use for the church. And uh, Mom always wanted us, but she didn't drive. So, you know, we go occasionally, but most part we did I mean I didn't start my journey until mom got her driver's license just right before we did uh-huh. <laughs> so she could help us with driving she really never liked to drive uh-huh. um, so we got baptized when we were mid teenagers 13 15 something like that right before we start driving and that's when my journey started but I really never did anything with it right uh, I so waited 15 years or so to get there right. and then I waited another 15 years before I actually started uh, going to church and so uh, what 
uh, I'm guessing you were about 30 or so in your 30s then if you said it was 15 years yep. before you started, then another 15 years. Because that's what I was going to ask, um, kind of when you made that decision personally for yourself that you uh, wanted a personal relationship with Christ. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's when I started, you know, 31. Uh, and it, You know, all good things start with a woman, I guess. And I was seeing someone, and she went to church every Sunday. So I'm going, well, if you want to spend more time, you need to go to church. So I started going to church. And then, you know, God led me there. It was just amazing, the whole transformation when, uh, you know, that relationship kind of went south, but I still kept going to church. And, you know, when I jo- actually joined the church, uh, it could have been any church. I'm not going to say which church it right. was, but it's yeah. the largest Christian <laughs> Right. You can go from yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but it could have been any church, but that's the one it was. And I started going, and I decided I want to join and God worked everything out. It was just amazing. You know, in that journey, I knew that that was what I was supposed to do. Because at every intersection, at every Y in the road, God put something or somebody there to tell me, this is, you know, you're doing the right thing, and this is the way to go. If I had to make a choice, there was something there that told me which way I was supposed to go every single time. So I knew that that's what I was supposed to do. The unfortunate thing was, for 15 years, I got mired in religion. Right. But that's what God wanted for me at the time. And I say my life has been a life of revelation because God continues to reveal to me where he's been in my life, what he's done in my life. And he's just shown me every step of the way that he's been with me. And all these things were supposed to happen because he wanted them to. And they did. And once I started understanding that, then it was just easy to just surrender and say, you know, God, here's where I was and here's what I am. And I am grateful. And one of my biggest prayers was especially after I found, you know, the Nazarene church, and I'll get into that in a second, um, is thank you, God, for not leaving me where I was. Because I knew for the first 15 years of my life, he wasn't a part of it at all. And then he was, but then I let it go for another 15 years. And then as I've looked back in my past and seen my progression, it's like, thank you, God, because I'm only here because of you. Because I I didn't have it, and I wouldn't have had it if you didn't start planting the seeds and and getting me where I am today. I think that's true no matter what our background is with Christ. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Him. Amen. Our realization of that is important. It's not anything that we've done. It's what He did. Absolutely. What His Son did by dying on the cross for our sins and providing a way uh, for eternal life. Yep. Doug, you mentioned about coming to the Nazarene Church, and you said you'd get into that. So uh, what brought you here to the Church of the Nazarene? Well, after 15 years on my journey and I found you know I was I knew something was missing I wasn't sure what it was but I knew something was missing and Rick Gray who's he started I worked with Rick um, and he saw me struggling and he started talking to me and he had just started coming here a couple months before and he would come in and see me struggling and ask what he could do and he invited me to come and I just couldn't take that step. You know, I was mired into, man, I've been doing this for 15 years. I don't know if I want to change or not. But I didn't know what it was missing. So he kept looking at me, and he'd come in, in on Monday and say something happened. You know, the first thing was, hey, are you like uh, James Taylor? And I said, yeah, I grew up on James. I love James Taylor. He said, wow, we had a guy at church that sounds just like James Taylor, Christian James Taylor. And I'm going, oh, you know, of course it was Jim Cole. Right. And, you know, from that, that relationship, with personal relationship, with me and Kathy and Jim, grew from that. And he brought the CD in the next day. I listened to it. 
Well, the next Sunday, he comes in and says, you're not going to believe this. But our pastor, Pastor Kerry, came in yesterday and said he's not religious. Now, you got to right. remember where I am in my journey. Right. And I'm listening to that. I'm going, my first response, and I'm sure somebody listening today is going right. to have this same response, and this is why I'm doing this, right. because I want somebody to know right. that they're not alone in this. Right. And I said, how can your pastor not be religious? And he said, wasn't about religion it was about relationship and man you talk fireworks went off bells and whistles went off and i said that is exactly what i've been missing i knew it right then god revealed to me he says this is what you're missing and rick said you want to come to church with us sunday i said yes i do (laughs) and he had told me before he said you know when you go through the door he said this church is different he grew up in the same church that i've been going to for 15 years and he said when you go through the doors, you'll feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, got to remember where I was in my journey, and I'm going, I'm not sure I know what that means, but I know I want to find out. Right. So I said, yep, I'm going. I'm in. So I met him in his house. We came over, went to church. They showed me around the whole church afterwards, whatever. And he said, you know, when we went back, he said, if you want to come next week, you know, you're welcome. I said, that's okay, Rick. I don't need to come with you. But right. I am coming back. Right. Yeah, I've been back ever since. That was in 2003, and I've been back ever since. Well, uh, it was neat when you were talking about the whole religion thing. You're like, how could your pastor not be religious? And then you said, well, it's, it's not about religion. It's about relationship. And it sounds to me like you already knew that. You just didn't know how to put it into words. You didn't know how to describe yeah. it. Well, the church I was in before, I can't remember ever. And it might just be my mind because I can't right. remember things, but... For 15 years, I really don't remember the church ever saying anything about relationship, uh-huh. specifically right. about relationship. And man, once you hear that, and once you start developing that, it's, right. it changes everything. Right. It really changes everything. I'm not trying to make a pitch for the Nazarene right. church, but yeah, I guess I am because right. I love this church. Um, but that's what we're all about. Once you find that, it changes your life. Right. And this church changed my life. Right. And what we mean by not about religion, but about relationship, it's not about the do's and don'ts. It's not about the checklist. It's about having a personal relationship with Christ and doing things because we're compelled to do them, because we want to do them. Absolutely. Not because we have to do them, yeah. but because God draws us to himself and he desires a personal relationship with each one of yeah. us. But and looking back, I mean, that was one of the things I talked about God revealing things to me. That was mainly, but way back earlier, I can remember going, when I started going to church, and, and she moved to Northern Virginia, and we, we went to church up there. And on the way home one day, she says, I can't believe people can't give God an hour a week to come to church. Now, she was a, a nominal Christian, I guess, because I think the only time that you know she went to church was on Sunday or whatever, but... Um, and there wasn't a whole lot of other stuff, but that, that was a part of it. And I thought that was the deepest, uh, at that point, that was right. one of the deepest statements I'd ever heard. Yeah, why wouldn't somebody want to give God an hour a week? Right. But then as my journey progressed, I looked back on it and God said, why would you only limit me to an hour a right. week? I mean, those kind of things that happen in your life, you know God's at work. And he's saying, you know, here's where you were and here's where you right. are. You're getting it. Right. You're getting it, son. Right. You know, you're coming where I want you to be. And that those two things were really right. transformational for me. And to put it in comparison, like for a marriage relationship, for example, if you only spent one hour a week, <laughs> would that work out to you? <laughs> uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. I went through that. I mean, I've, I've been, I was married. I got divorced. Uh, so I've been through a, a lot of stuff, you know, when I, 
when I met Kathy, it was, um, you know, God brought her to this church before. And when all this stuff happened, it was in 2003. And for three years, I prayed for God to bring a godly woman into my life. And anybody that knew Kathy knew she was a godly woman. I had no idea. I can remember when I first saw her, it was on a Wednesday night. PK was doing his Wednesday night service, whatever. And it was right before um, they were planning a trip uh, to another, a second trip to uh, Mississippi. And he said something about Kathy and Jim Sollinger or whatever. And he just pointed to her. And so I didn't know who she was. and never heard of her. So I turned around and she was like three rows behind me. So I can tell you exactly what she was wearing. But he said Kathy and Jim Sollinger. So I knew, you know, she was married. Didn't mean anything. And I, at that point, I hadn't, you know, I'd signed up to go to the work witness trip the next year to Jordan and Israel. And then after I did that, I'm going, I've never done anything like that in my life. Never been outside the country. I said, I probably should do a trip <laughs> in the States to see what this is all about. So I went to Mississippi and uh, that's where I met her. But I didn't know her story, didn't know anything about her. And I didn't work with her the whole time down there, other than at the very end when Steve Wingfield's revival thing was going on. We finally got to do some stuff together, but the whole week I had no idea. That's just how God works, you know. And I was trying to do that, nothing happened, you know. But it took three years, three years of prayer for God to bring a godly woman into my life, and I finally, you know, I got to the point where you, go, you know what, you just got to wait on God. You know, you can't force it. When God right. wants it to happen, it'll make it happen, and He'll make things work. And He did. Sometimes we have to wait longer than we think we should, <laughs> but it, we know that God's timing is perfect, and His timing is better than our timing. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and, and like I said, you know, my life of revelation. You know, after Kathy passed away, I found a letter that she wrote to her dad in 1993. I started this. I had the same conversation in 2003. She wrote this to her dad in 1993, and it was the same thing. It was about the relationship, and she she got that, which was so wonderful for me to be able to find that and read it. And know she had the same, she was on the same path I was on, but she saw it 10 years before I did. So I'm going, hey, I've been around 10 years. Maybe somebody else will get this same thing from me 10 years later. It's amazing how it works. So if you want to share more about... You know, you mentioned how you and Kathy first met, but how y'all kind of got connected, and then when y'all ended up getting married. Um, Anything you want we, to share? you know, when when we left Mississippi, every you know, there were several of us that exchanged uh, email addresses and stuff or whatever. And uh, when I got back, because I I drove up through Alabama to see some other people coming back. When I got back, we just you know we were one of the ones that got back in touch with each other, whatever. Her and Kelly, and uh, it just you know kind of things hit head off a little bit um, and then that was in September and then the following February was when I went to Jordan uh, to help build Pastor Shaddy's church in, in Jordan and then got to experience the Holy Land and when, when we got to the Holy Land on the Mount of Beatitudes looking out over the Sea of Galilee I just immediately knew that I had to come back and I had to bring Kathy but she had to experience it because I knew she was a godly woman and I knew that she would get some out of it just like that because it touched my life over there and uh, I've, I've really got a heart for Israel now. And so the next, well, we got, that was in uh, February. And then we got married in December. And we came back the next February. And we got to experience it together. And one of the things, I don't know if it was that year or the, or the next year when we went together again. Um, we were on the Mount of Beatitudes, same place. And I was thinking, you know, this is where I like to have my ashes spread. And then she actually said it. She said the words. <laughs> so I said, Scott thing. So that's our plan to have our ashes spread there. So we're making arrangements to hopefully have that done. But um, that whole experience, you know, she loved it over there. 
you know, Pastor Nazar and Katie, uh, just wonderful people. We, we got to build a relationship with them. Pastor Shaddy, of course, I, I still sponsor two of his kids. There's another pastor over in Jordan I sponsor two of his kids. So uh, it's just a wonderful thing. I, I wish everybody could have yeah. the opportunity to go there. Yeah. It does change your life. But, you know, we, we spent that time together, and uh, that helped our relationship, our marriage. It gave us focus. I mean, the big change between my marriage to her and my first marriage was that God was the center of this relationship. And we both thought God brought us together. It wasn't me looking for her, me finding her or she finding me. It was God brought us together. It was just, we both, you know, I, I still find cards that, that she wrote that in. And so I know, I, I truly believe that with all my heart. Yeah, I was lucky enough to be able to go to Israel in 2014. It is definitely a life-changing experience to be able to see the different places where the different stories took place and being able to hear the stories read when you're at those places. And like you said, most importantly, the relationships that are formed with like Pastor Nazar and the others over there in the church. And just uh, that's obviously those are the living stones, Dad would say. You know, we see the dead stones, but we (laughs) get to build relationships with the living stones, the people. Just anything else you want to share? Losing a spouse is difficult. And uh, so just how the Lord helped you and is still helping you get through, not get through it, but like just how he's with you and just anything you want to share that might encourage somebody else who's maybe lost a spouse or lost a loved one? Yeah, well, you know, like I said earlier, one of my prayers, early prayers, was thanking God for not leaving me where I was. And life always changes. And um, that prayer is easy when you look back and say, here's where I was, and that probably wasn't where I wanted to be. And life keeps getting better, and you know, and His presence becomes greater in your life. So when you're moving up, that's an easy prayer to have. When you're there and you think you've got everything, and really, my marriage and, and my relationship with Kathy was the best thing besides Jesus that ever happened. And uh, that prayer now takes a whole new meaning because it's hard to think of something better than that. But I know there is. You know, Every path, every plateau I was, every, you know, I've been through some bad things in my life before. Every time it came out better, you know. When it got to here, I thought I was it couldn't get any better, but I believe that it will. God's not gonna let go yet. You know, He's not done with me. I don't know what He's got planned, just like before. I don't have any idea what's coming, but I know it's good. It's it's always been good, and I trust God that it will continue to be good. So you know, it's it's taken on a, a whole new meaning, but I know that uh, my faith gets me there. Right. And I, you know, we had a lot of people talk about you know when you lose a spouse or or something, and you know, how do people get by when they don't have Jesus to fall back on, and I really don't know. I mean, I don't know how I would have got through it without them. And, and you, you look at the suicide rates and stuff. And when I joined the first church, um, I had to kind of do the same thing. I wasn't ex- expecting it. They asked me, and I said, "That's not really my cup of tea," you know. And it just it never hurt anymore. And then when the bishop came in, oh, you're going to talk, aren't you? <laughs> I got a little. But there were two people from work that had children that committed suicide in their 20s and I'm going I don't know why I'm here you know because I was at a low point in my life right then and I'm going I don't know why I didn't end up like them but I was in church and even though it was religion I was there and that kept me going and I don't know why they couldn't turn that way they you know I felt bad that they didn't have that something in their life that could get them on a different path or somebody couldn't 
get them there. But, you know, I, I know what it's done for me. Right. And uh, that's why I'm here today, right. you know, if I can help somebody. And as you were talking, Doug, a couple of things came to my mind, but only by the grace of God, I would say, are we here today? And we don't always have to understand why things happen the way we do. We just have to trust him and know, you know, that his plan is best, even though it might not seem it at the time. And that's easier said (laughs) than understood, but we just have to trust him. And like you said, it would be hard to imagine going through something like that. How would you get through it without Christ? And just, I can't imagine going through anything like that, especially without Christ. And I, I would say only through Christ can you get through something like that. And also, being that you're a believer and that Kathy was a believer, that I think I've heard Dad say this before, when people lose somebody that's like a loved one or a close friend or something, that um, when they know Christ... It's something less than tragic or less than hopeless because they give us hope knowing that we will see them again one day in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the hope that we have and that we can hold yeah. on to is that we know we will see them again. Yeah. And you always get the, you know, Kathy was such a good person. Why'd she have to go? You know, well, and I struggled with that a little bit because I'm going, she was a lot better person than me. Um, so why didn't, why didn't I have to leave? Well, you know, what, what's as a Christian? What's the ultimate prize that we want? Right. Spend eternity with Jesus. So when you look at that, I'm going. She got what she wanted. She got what she she deserved it more than I did. Being left is the hard part. Right. You know, she got the reward. You know, the people. You know, when you, I'm suffering because I don't have her presence here anymore, but I know where she is, right. and I know she got the prize, and right. one day I'll get the prize. You know, I'll see her again. So that that makes it easy. You know, we always think things are, and it's selfish. It's selfishness. That's why, you know, I go, why does that? Well, I've asked why, and it's not wrong to ask why. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you you know, when you get things right in the, in the right perspective, right. it makes it easier. Right. You know, and when, once I came to realize and just accept that, you know, she got what we all want, right. that's made it easier. Right. And I know if God wants somebody else in my life, they'll show up one day. It's not, you know, I can't force it. If right. it happens, it happens, you know. And right. if it doesn't, hey, that's okay, too. You know, I, I used to say I, I wasn't antisocial. I just wasn't social because I'm an introvert. I hear so many people say they're introverts. Well, I must be using a different dictionary than everybody else because I look, listen to people say they're introverts, and I'm going, they're not anything like me. You know, <laughs> I don't know how they call themselves an introvert, but, you know. It's that I'd always get a laugh out of that. It's uh, and sometimes I look and say, well, maybe I am more antisocial than I want to admit I am. But, you know, when I started this whole journey, uh, and that really started going, and when I found the Nazarene Church, it changed my life. And and one of the things I realized was most of my life, once I started the journey, it was like you know, if you want to get to heaven, you got to go through the narrow gate. Well, I think to get to the narrow gate, you got to be on the narrow road. Right. So most of my journey has been on the wide road, and I'm running up 81, okay? Once I hit the Nazarene Church and once I found the relationship uh, and grew my relationship, I got on the narrow road. I'm now I'm on Route 11. <laughs> so maybe people around here can understand that. Um, but, I, you know, it's made a big difference in my life, focusing on God and just trusting Him, knowing that He's got plans for me. Right. Plans 
prosper me, not right. to harm me, you know. Right. Um, and I trust that, and I believe that, and everything's going to come out okay. Right. Uh, I'm still better off today than I've ever been without Kathy's presence. It's, it's different, but I know I'm where God wants me to be, and I trust that, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for everything he's given to me. And Kathy was one of the biggest gifts that, that he gave me to share this life with. And, you know, finding a, a godly person to share your life with is one of the greatest things uh, we can do. So, Well, thank you for sharing those words of encouragement. And I was thinking, as you said, you know, certainly it is okay to ask why as long as we trust him. And even Jesus asked why on the cross. He said, Absolutely. my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yep. And as you were talking about, you were asking why, like, why was Kathy taken? Like, she was a good person and all that. And you realize that, like, ultimately we want to go to heaven one day. That's the ultimate, you know, we live our lives so that one day we can experience that. Like, that's the ultimate destination, so to speak, um, the ultimate place that we want to be. And I was also thinking, as you said that, about what the Apostle Paul says in the Bible about to live as Christ but to die is gain. Yep. And that's what happened. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard not to be selfish sometimes um, when you're missing something. But when you get it in perspective and you see it's not always about you, most of the time it's not about you. I mean, God created us, you know, so we're like with God. You know, he created us in his image, but we're all uniquely made. Right. So we're different and we're alike. Right. So one of the reasons you do this kind of stuff, you know, we're, we're called to, to share a testimony right. is it helps somebody else. Right. Because when I went through my divorce, my ex wanted me to read this book. And I worked at a book printer. So, and we actually produced this book. It was called Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Now, my mindset wasn't right. It's not a Christian book, but it tells the difference between, you know, kind of how men are wired and women are wired and what the differences are. And so I read it. didn't do anything for me because basically I wanted to do anything for me. Afterwards, I found the book Love and Respect. Same principle, but it's a godly perspective. And, you know, this a likeness thing, um, when, you know, when you think nobody else has experienced what I've experienced, and you share your testimonies so people can find out, hey, they went through the same thing I'm going through, whatever. And the thing that I read in a book, and my wife, my ex-wife, my first wife, asked me this question, and I gave the answer. Her question was, do you love me? My answer was, well, yes, I love you. I married you. Now, I thought that was a really good answer. It's not a good answer. First thing, and I found this out afterwards, after we separated, and I was trying to trying to get things back together. And I realized that, one, if your spouse or a significant other ever asks you, do you love me, little red flags ought to be going off because if they got to ask you that, right. they don't feel that you do. Right. So you better do something. But I wasn't there, unfortunately. So in this book, Love and Respect, there was an example that that same question was asked, and the guy gave the same answer. So it made me realize that, hey, I'm not the only one that thinks this way. Right. And it, it gave me some comfort. I was still wrong, but right. it led me to know, hey, I'm not out there alone. And all these things that happen in your life, you're not alone. Right. Somebody is there with you. Right. So when you share your testimony, right. hopefully it Give right. somebody hope that you can maybe catch it before it's too late. Yeah, You did a great job of explaining why we have this program, why it's so important to us to have people share their testimonies, because we know that hopefully 
those that are listening might be able to relate and might be able to find hope from what somebody else went through that they can relate to. Maybe they're going through a similar thing and they can find hope knowing that the Lord helped the person they're hearing the testimony of get through it and will give them hope that they can get through whatever they're going through. Yes. It's just like the Bible. You know, I started reading the Bible a long time ago and it's like so many things never made any sense. And life doesn't make sense. You can't get it all at once. You can't get the Bible all at once. You know, you read it, and eventually, sometimes God will just pull. So I've read this thing ten times, and at the tenth time, finally, God says, now, now you can get it, because you weren't ready before. Right. Now you got it. So that's where we are. Well, Doug, thank you for uh, being willing to join me on Hope Talks today and share your testimony. It's been great to have you, and I know it's brought hope to my life. Just any thoughts in closing that you would like to share today? I, you know, I would just say through my life, just learn to trust God, keep the faith, believe that He loves you, and He's got a plan for you, right. and just be patient. Just let it come. Let it come to you. Thank you for sharing. And I'm just going to, in closing, pray a prayer blessing over you. And Appreciate it. Lord, I just uh, thank you for Doug, and I thank you for his testimony and his willingness to share his testimony and just uh, using him and all the difficult things and hard times that he's been through to encourage and bring hope to others, Lord. And I just thank you for that. And I just pray a blessing over him. Help him to fill your presence every minute of every day. And uh, ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Doug, thank you for joining me for Hope Talks today and sharing your testimony. It's been great to have you. Appreciate it, Grayson. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I pray that as you've heard Doug Holvey's testimony today, that it truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Hope Talks. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe for all the updates and latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg or Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.